There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Turf Show Radio. It's been a long time, but here we are. It's season two. It's the 2010 season. I'm here. This is Van Ram. With me, as always, is 3K. How are you doing, 3K? I hate I hate technology with every fiber of my being. I despise it. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Let me tell you what. Um, so you just get back from the Middle East, and technology's already throwing you a curveball. I know, man. I like it. I like the way they do it over there. It's all paper and string and elbow grease. Things work. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. Throw in the donkey, and you're good to go. Hey, that's a hell of a Friday night. It is, it is, it is. Hey, buddy, it's a big day for the Rams today. We, I guess we got to start with the big news of the day. Sam Bradford officially named the starting quarterback. Not that there would be any doubt, but they went ahead and took care of that with the press today. Thoughts? I'm not shocked. I mean, he's played his way into the position. So, I mean, at this point I would have been shocked if it was anything else, whether it was Feely or somebody else, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, at this I, point, I, it was really just kind of the delay. I mean, you know, he's had a pretty good preseason. He's looked quite well. So, um, I, you know, I, he more than earned the job. I, I think you can say that. But, you know, now next Sunday will be a whole different ball game, no pun intended. But, uh, um, you know, defenses are going to be live fire. It's going to be uh, it, it's going to be a whole different look for the for the kid. So. Uh, I, Thoughts? How, how, do you, how do you think? What do you think about this matchup with Arizona for Bradford? You know, it's interesting. I, th- I still think it's early because I'm not sure what kind of Arizona team he's going to face. Um, we're still, you know, more than a week out, so uh, I, I want to see what goes on this week. But certainly, given what he's shown us during the preseason, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable going ahead. Uh, and more oh, than comfortable, I'm, anxious. I'm I'm eager to see it when it counts. Yeah, and you know, it, it's nice. It's like the Rams kind of seem to be. Talk about the worm has turned, but the Rams seem to be the one team in the division with the quarterback situation, you know, on the most stable ground of all the other teams. So, I mean, I guess you could argue San Francisco has Alex Smith, but he's still Alex Smith, too, so. Yeah, talk to me in two months. Let me know how that works out. (laughs) Um, The big new Arizona today, liner, cut. So they're going with Derek Anderson and um, Max Hall as their quarterbacks and the word is they're only going to keep two so that's uh that's quite a team and that's a team in a lot of flux right there and, and i uh it'll be interesting to see how the rams defense does against that that outfit yeah i mean it's it's one of those things i'm surprised at how they've managed the whole situation um and how unprepared they were to kind of hand the reins over the line that's been sitting behind warner for so long now that I, you almost want to think that he was right to feel like the position was going to be his. And when essentially they went back and started having a quarterback competition, it was like, okay, well, what do you, what is it you guys wanted me to do the last couple of years to get ready? So, yeah, you know, it, 
as a Rams fan, it's easy to digest, but it's a strange situation, and it's only getting stranger by the day. Yeah, well, and as a Rams fan, you know, you can tell it's <laughs> the following in the footsteps of Kurt Warner is a tough, tough proposition for anybody. And you know, we had Mark Bolger, and Mark Bolger was an okay quarterback there for a while. Was Pretty decent quarterback for a while, but you know the, the organization kind of fell apart around him, and 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 that's what and you know and, and now he's in backing up Flacco in Baltimore. So, uh, you know, uh, Liner Liner I guess is on his way. Maybe the, the talk today was Seattle, possibly Buffalo, bringing him back. You wonder if Pete Carroll will bring him back, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a big day, big day with all the roster cuts. Any other roster uh, cut news? Say what? I was going to say, I vote Seattle. I think we should throw Lendale White, Taylor Mays, Matt Liner. Let's just make Seattle USC 2.0. I have no I have no <laughs> idea what's going on with the rest of these teams in division. It's ridiculous that the Rams being the, you know, the team with the least wins over the last three years are sitting here with the least drama. I just don't understand how we got to this point. But it's fun to watch. It is. It's a lot of fun to watch. And, it's like, for once, it's nice to be, you know, the team that isn't screwing itself over again and again, again and again and again. You know, we, you get so used to that as you watch the Rams for a few years and you get kind of used to that, the draft picks wash out and all that happens, and now it's, you know, the relative stability rests in St. Louis of all places. Yeah, it's been a good preseason. Um, it's been a good preseason. Well, let's talk a little bit about the preseason there, 3K. Um, now, I know you missed a little bit of it in when you were in transit, so – um, you know, if you missed the Minnesota game, you didn't miss much. You did see the offensive line kind of uh, struggle that week, and then they kind of started to get it to get it together against Cleveland. And then, you know, they finished pretty strong against the Patriots and the Ravens. Now, I, I know the Ravens had mostly second teamers in there playing, but they were they played a pretty tight, well executed as a group. And I, I, I thought that was pretty encouraging. Now, I know they're gonna they're gonna see some tough defenses. Arizona's defense is, is nothing to be Nothing to shrug off, but it's a uh, you know we'll see how this unit looks. I feel pretty good about it. I worry a little bit about the depth, but Saffold's been a pleasant surprise at left tackle. Smith's not looking bad at all at right tackle. Um, you know the interior line looks pretty good with Goldberg and Bell and and of course Jason Brown snapping the ball. Um, you know I I think it's finally nice to see a little unit cohesion there. Yeah, and I mean that's something we've needed. You got. When you got a rookie left tackle and a second year uh, right tackle and Jason Smith that hasn't that hasn't played that much due to all the time he lost last year, you need you need a lot of cohesion. You need a lot of time and a lot of reps, and especially with a guy like Sam Bradford who's coming to take over the franchise, you need to give him as much time as possible. I think maybe one of the most difficult things has been trying to get this offense set up with so many young guys in there that that have the question marks and need the experience, and forcing them to do it without Stephen Jackson. I mean, I mean. He's the bedrock of the offense. He's the guy that's going to carry you through the tough times. There, you have to really go through it with him. Absolutely, and and you know you saw you saw just if one thing that's been apparent to me in watching these four preseason games, it's just what a different team the Rams are with and without Steve Jackson in there. And you know, part of that underscores maybe the need for a little bit of, of a better backup situation. But then part of that just underscores, you know, Steven Jackson's kind of a player in his own universe. I mean, I know Adrian Peterson and, and Chris Johnson get a lot of play because of their fantasy, you know, the fantasy leagues and then, you know, the impressive, the 2,000-yard seasons and stuff like that. But, you know, Jackson's a guy 
all to his own. And then, you know, the more the Rams have him on the field, the better their offense is always going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these things. You you go through these preseason games, and we talked about it at nauseum at Churchill times, the need for a backup running back. But part of it is because we're forced to watch it. Last year during the season, I mean, how often were Darby and Ogbenaya really on the field until Steven Jackson's back started painting him late in the season? You know, as long as yeah. you've got Jackson out there for 90, 95% of the snaps, how 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 much of an issue is a backup running back? Now, obviously, if he goes down hurt again and one of those guys has to pick it up for three, four, five games, it becomes another issue. But last season, a backup running back just wasn't that big of a deal. And I think it, maybe it got a bit overblown in the preseason simply because we had to watch Keith Tossin, uh Darby, and Ogbenaya so much. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, there's some interest. There's more and more names are kind of popping up on the waiver wire today as teams cut down their rosters. And it'll be interesting to see if the Rams do make a move. But, you know, I can't imagine, you know, too serious of an investment in a backup running back. I mean, not necessarily from a money standpoint, but from a guy that's going to come want to come in and take 10 carries a game because that's, you know, that's 10, 10 carries away from Steven Jackson, and that's just not what you want to do. Yeah, and if you might do it, I mean, I, I've thrown this out there. If you're going to do it like that, it's got to be situational. You don't want to take it, you know, for most teams, when you bring in a backup running back or a situational running back, it is, you're bringing in a third-down goal line back. But Steven Jackson is almost the best goal line third-down back you could possibly have. So it just doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to bring in a, a backup running back, somebody to spell Jackson, that's one of the situations where you've got to have Jackson in, which forces you to look, okay, second down, maybe second down passing or, or even a first down option. And if it's like that, you know, you know, I'm thinking maybe a smaller scat back type. Guys have already talked about Jaquiz Rogers at Oregon State. Maybe, it, you know, we missed on Dexter McCluster, but somebody like that that could make sense so that when you have a change of pace guy, you're going lighter and quicker and smaller as opposed to just bringing in two really big guys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, as far as – what they can do, I mean, I think Darby and Ogbenaya and are, you know, they're okay as as pass catchers out of the backfield. I mean, I think they're probably, you know, as good if you want to give that look to the offense and get spell Steven Jackson a little bit. I think those are, you know, a, a decent enough guy to have out there. You know, I worry about the sheer aspect. They're rushing for their game. But other than that, I mean, I think, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world if they don't go out and pick up somebody else, I, I think. Uh, to me, another a more interesting um, option for them in, in uh, this kind of free agency period here is uh, is maybe looking for another receiver now that Donnie Avery's out. And the big yeah, whisper mean, today was the Vincent is, are the Vincent Jackson. The yeah, Vincent Jackson, Jackson and T.J. Hushmanzada. Hushmanzada's been getting a lot of play. You know, it, I, I kind of worry that we're going to – uh, sacrifice some of the long-term, you know, potential of this team by going for a short-term move. That that being said, I love Vincent Jackson. Absolutely love him. He's a beast of a wide receiver. T.J. Hushmanzada is a good number two guy. I just don't want them to feel like, look, these are easy moves to make, so we might as well make them. And then it makes it that much harder to make to do something next season that would have benefited us in the long term. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, is there something well, that's jumping out from either of those two guys? You know, I, to me, it's... It, the Jackson thing I can understand a little bit more, but the, than the Hushmanzada thing because you know I, you know Hushmanzada didn't look like he had just a whole lot left last season to me, and I you know maybe I'm wrong, maybe that's 
not the case. But, you know, the Rams bring in a guy like him. It's not – they've got some guys that look like they can kind of do a similar – you know, fill a similar role. You know, and I hate to take the ball out of Robinson or Almondola's hands. Those guys look like they can do some damage on the field. I mean, and and, and they deserve a shot. You know, they've played their asses off to get it, to get on that final roster and earn those starting jobs. And and you know, I I think the Rams owe it to them to to see what they to see what kind of players they have in them because you know those are the guys that they're going to go forward with. Yeah, and, and plus, you know, you know I don't uh, know. Masada, where he's at the end of his, you know, late in his career, not too much time left. I mean, how much are they going to get out of him? What's the benefit? Sure. Plus, I'm not sure who he takes carries away. I mean, if he takes the ball away from Amendola, I don't really see that much value into bringing Hushmanzada in. Amendola was arguably the best receiver we had in the preseason, uh, and, and that's not. Uh, and he looks great. As well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're, absolutely. Yeah, if you bring him in, you're cutting out Amendola. Now you're paying for something that you may be getting a little bit more value out of, but not that much. I just don't see the benefit in that. If you're going to swing him out wide, you're asking a lot of Hushman Zada, and then you're putting the pressure on the number one guy to really be a number one, as opposed to having a Brandon Gibson and a Lauren Robinson or whoever else you pair on the outside to kind of work in tandem. If you bring in T.J. Hushman Zada, you're really asking the number one to be able to do it all on his side of the field. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, now, the Vincent Jackson thing's a little bit... Oh, wait, 3K, we have a caller. I am a happy First man. First caller of a new season of Turf Show Radio. Let's bring him on, shall we? We shall. Right, here we go. Greetings, Hello? caller. You are on the air. I'm Hello. The air. Yeah, I'm here. You are. Here. Oh, this is Frank from Jersey, man. What's going on, guys? We talked last month. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good, 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 good. Listen, um... Got to disagree with you guys. You get who? Okay. You get that? You get Liddell Betts or the um, the guy from the Giants or New Orleans that got released for the running back. Then you set. You open up that defense because they can. You're guaranteed one or two players to watch Upenzada. What is he? Six six four six two. He's got good size. Huh? I just said he's got his size. Yeah, his size is a big issue. I mean, come on, to make it easy, you got Hoosh on one side, Doctor Who on the other. Uh, come on, that's that's a no-brainer. Laurent and and, and Amendola can share one side. You know they're going to get hurt. Every wide receiver gets hurt. You're done with Downey well, Avery. He's a bust. He's done. Okay, he's done. Period. I mean, four years and four. Uh, four cuts already on that knee. He's done. He's, his time is done. And he worked out really hard. Give him the credit. He did his best. But, you know, you get Liddell Betts. That's it. Liddell Betts and, and Hoosh Masada. And you probably can pick up Hoosh for $4 million. T.O. took 2.7. Well, here's my question I, about Hoosh Masada. Why, why would you expect him to do something with a Rams receiving core that he couldn't do last year in Seattle? The size was the because same. The talent Bradford was the same. is the real thing. Brad now, if that's the case, if that's the case, and I agree with you, then why Hushmanzada? What does Hushmanzada do that Bradford can't do if he's the real thing with the receivers that are already there? Hushman, it's, it's called real experience. Not taken away from the great preseason Alan Dola had, and not taken away from Gibson, not taken away from Robinson. But you gotta lay the facts. Nine and seven, eight and eight, and seven and nine can win the West. 
you look at that schedule they have, they're going to beat Tampa, they should beat Oakland, they should beat Arizona, and there's no problem with Washington. Washington's all, they should be 4-0 and by the end of September, there's, or 3-1. and But really, there's not, not a winning team there. Arizona's, forget about it. If they put the rush on, you get Frank Robinson. Understand, guys, I'm seven miles from Giant Stadium. You got Fred Robbins. Guy's an animal. He just sits there, and when he lands on top of you, you break a clavicle, you break an elbow, you break an arm. Common thing about the Giants. People got hurt. You know, I, I, that's the New York Giants Midwest. Okay? Why didn't he take Derek Ward? That was sad. That was sad what they did to him. He's a fat guy. He's a running fat guy. He's, I mean, it was thunder and lightning here or whatever, damage and and more and repair. I mean, that's how they had the fullbacks back here. I mean, these guys were heavy-duty guys. Tampa may not be possible. But I think t- Tampa's a win for the Rams. The only things we have really questionable are the two Arizona. You got the San Diego and New Orleans. Everything else is up in the air. Right now, looking at looking at Seattle, total disarray. You got total disarray. Yeah, I, you know, and, and the Rams too. That's a good point about though the early schedule for the Rams. They have a you know they they've got a they've got a favorable favorable set of matchups to start the game to start the year. And Six they can, and two. You know they. You get out to a big start, and you know it's a different ball game. You build a little confidence. It's a well, listen, could be an interesting well, way to go. I mean, I'm in Vegas, October. You know what? You know, if in the, by October, if they're with a winning record, four and three, five and two, hey, I'm going to put down a hundred for Super Bowl or championship. They gave you that odds, or at least the NFC I- West. You know, that defense is phenomenal. They're not, nobody's talking about them because they're not sure. Everybody's watching. Yeah, and, and I, I think with football, too, it seems like, you know, precedent takes so much in, in the analysis. So, you know, people look at the Rams. They win one game last year. They look at them. They see the Rams like, no way. This team's done. They're cooked. They're going to be terrible no. this year, too. They, you had you know, they got a, they got a great quarterback, but they're going to they're going to they're on the road to recovery. But you know, not this year. Yada yada yada. Yeah, but, but you know, it's they could be so big surprise. Hey, oh, absolutely. Listen, the only thing New that Orleans I think is the biggest is, surprise. Come on, New Orleans was a surprise. Yeah, look Man. at Miami a couple years ago. Hey, listen. You had a plane land in the Hudson, you got elected a black president, and New Orleans Saints wins the Super Bowl. You can't have that happen. I mean, shit like that happens. Okay, the guy lands a perfectly good airplane with no, in- with no engines on the-, on the Hudson River. You-, you know, there's not a better miracle than that. Warner, I mean, it's their time. They got a defense that's going to be relentless. But nobody's It's looking about good. It. No drama. Spagnola will not deal with drama. That's why T.O. wasn't workman. Hoosh has nobody, but Hoosh can teach Bradford. He taught Carson Palmer. Uh, you know, uh, you know I, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a bad addition. I, it's no, a good, you I make a good case. Million. I give him $4 million, get Lebets, uh, um, I'm sorry, um, Betts, Liddell Betts, give him $2 million. You're still under cap. And you're, you're still under 53 because you just picked the guy up from Washington. I mean, it's uh, it's not a... You know, I, I would like to see Thaddeus stay and get rid of you. 
you know, as the number, let Thaddeus stay as the number three quarterback. I would get rid of A.J. Sure. Feely right now. I wouldn't mind, you know, selling him to some place for a future round, you know. I think with the three guys you got now, those three, uh, Thiel, uh, um, Teddy, and, and, and uh, Sam the man, forget about it. I mean, that's a good enough quarterbacking crew you have right there. These guys can play. One guy's in the pocket, the other guy's a runner like Vic, and you got Bradford who can really, I mean, if Aikman says this guy's impressive, what are you going to say? I mean, that's the best compliment, and Aikman's from Oklahoma. Huh? I absolutely, I, I agree. I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's a hell of a plan right there. Hey, we got another caller, so I'm gonna hey, have a good I'm gonna let you go. Work. Hey, thanks for calling in, man. We're gonna we're gonna bring on this other caller, and we're gonna take it from there. Uh, take care, buddies. Have a good one. All right, see you later, man. I'll tell you what. That's, that's All right. Hell of a lot of info. That's a lot of character. I, lo- I love a good East Coast call. I do. I do, man. Oh, yeah. And you can't beat Jersey. And you can't beat Jersey for that. I'm bringing on the caller and... Caller. Hello. Hello. I tell you what, 3K, this technology is kicking our ass tonight, but you know what? We're going to persevere, we're going to bust on through, we're going to drive on. That's right. Some so let's, uh, I can call my mom back in Texas with my good progresso can and a string. <laughs> um, you know, let's... Let's let's talk about Vincent Jackson a little bit. And we talked we've we've covered Hoosh pretty well. Let's talk about Vincent Jackson. Um opportunity cost is a big thing with him. Obviously that's gonna be an expensive in in two respects. You got the draft picks and the the word I heard earlier this week was that San Diego wanted a second and a third round pick for um for Vincent Jackson. And then on top of that you've got, you know, probably a salary demand somewhere along the in the ballpark with what Brandon Marshall got. Now, I wouldn't probably give him what Brandon Marshall got because he's not quite as established, but, I mean, it's uh, it's tough to argue with that kind of thing. You know, with that's what the pay scale, that's what the market has set for the those wide receivers. So what do you think sure. about that? I mean, it's tough. The problem is, you know, that that makes sense for a team who only who's only a number one receiver away from being absolutely set because, I mean, like you said, he's not entirely established, but he's a season away. He's a season away from letting the league know that he's a legitimate number one receiver. He showed it last year with Malcolm Floyd in a good, strong running game with a quarterback like Phillip Rivers in San Diego. Another season, yeah. and I have no problem saying he's a legit year in, year out number one. The problem for the Rams is if you give up a second and a third draft pick for a number one wide receiver, that you're talking about two spots now. At least you filled number one wide receiver, and that's great. But with Donnie Avery out, you're looking at a lot of spots that we're going to have to fill. People are already talking about the next draft and looking at defensive tackle, defensive end, wide receiver. You go and get your, you know, your number two and number three picks away. You've got one first round pick, and and you yeah. better hope you hit. If you bring in a defensive end or defensive tackle, that's the only top top talent you're going to get that season. And, and then you got to hope wow. that you can really Vincent Jackson around for the long term. It's a lot to ask. It's a gamble, but he's the he's the kind of player. If you're going to gamble, he's a good one to put it on. Yeah, it is a gamble, and you know, here's the thing: it's like you know, I, the Rams have done a great job with their last couple drafts and in, in, in restocking this team, and and you know, I, they're not at the point where it seems like it, it's it's tough to give away 
two prime, a second and a third round picks. Now, I don't know if those picks would necessarily be in the same draft or not, but either way, it's, it's a pretty tough, that's a pretty tough ask for a, for a team that still, you know, still needs to add depth to its roster, that still needs to get some talent at some key positions. It's, uh, you know, like we say, I know, you know, you mentioned the defensive tackle, defensive end. I mean, that's, you might, you could almost make the case that that's a bigger need right now for the Rams than a number one wide receiver as another defensive end or defensive tackle to really kind of make that line of force, give somebody for Chris Long to kind of cue off of. Now I think Fred Robbins is a good player, but, I mean, you know, if we get – I don't know how many se- more seasons are you going to get out of him. He's an older guy. He's a plays a tough position. He's got, he's, you know, 300 pounds or so sitting on top of those knees. That's not an easy thing to ask a guy over 30 to keep playing like that. Um, that you know, yeah, that, the, it's, the opportunity cost is huge in that. Plus, the thing about a wide receiver is you bring in the number one wide receiver – and more or less the only aspect of the game that he's really going to help is the passing game. You bring in a strong defensive tackle or defensive end, and especially defensive tackle, you're not just talking about a run stopper, a pass stopper, but he's making the secondary better because they don't have to cover their guys as long. A guy like Ron Bartell, who excelled as a number two corner, doesn't have to try to stay with these number one wide receivers for as long. It makes a guy like Larry Fitzgerald easier to cover when you can get to that quarterback in a few seconds. It creates more turnovers. It creates more havoc and allows the linebackers to free up to do other things instead of hugging the line. So, you know, a good defensive tackle, defensive end, really, really remakes a defense. You saw it in New York, the way Spagnuolo, when he got the Giants to the Super Bowl and what they did in that Super Bowl victory. I, I don't know at this point. I'm still on the fence. Now, granted, I'm biased. Everybody knows I was in the suit camp going into this draft, and maybe I got a bit of, uh, you know, remorse that we didn't fill the position. But, you know, looking with Sam – the future is now on Sam Bradford's timeline. So, you know, if you bring in a Vincent Jackson, a guy whose timeline keys up with Steven Jackson, I, I don't know if that's the answer. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. And, and here's one thing I wonder about. Now, we've got a couple callers in the queue, and I'm going to make this make one last point, and I'm going to start. I'm going to bring them on one at a time. So hang on tight, callers. But, uh, um, you know, the, the thing with the Vincent Jackson talk, and that came from Jim Thomas today. And who, Jim Thomas, who's the Rams beat guy for the post-dispatch, and, you know, he's not a guy that's given over to a lot of hyperbole. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he's not a pro football talk kind of thing where, um, you know, something written on a stall qualifies as a rumor. So, um, you know, for him to say that, there's probably, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And and it, it makes me kind of wonder what the Rams front office is thinking about. I mean, are they very serious about Vincent Jackson? Do they think, I mean, do they look around the NFC West and think, you know, we could, we got a real shot at this thing this year if we bring a guy like that. They may, I, I don't know. I mean, they, may, they may see that the window is so short that they can make a play now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is, is, is you know, we talk a lot about the field stuff on, on at Turf Show Times, but, you know, the Rams got to start selling some tickets. And now Sam Bradford's a guy that's going to help them do that, but, you know, the the ultimate, the way to sell more tickets is to win ball games, and, and that's, uh, you know, you wonder how much of that's going on here too. 3K, you ready to take a caller? Man, I'm always ready. I got my pants All right, we're gonna try. We've got an unknown number, so somebody's calling in with the, behind the caller ID wall. So, let's take this. Let's see if it picks up this time. Um, fingers crossed on this technology thing here. Hello. Hey, I'm just caller. Who who do we got here? Uh, this is John in Peoria. Hey, John, how you doing? You got a question? Comment? 
I do. I'm, I'm curious what you folks think about uh, the possibility of getting Sam Hurd from the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Sounds like a pretty promising receiver. There's awfully deep at receiver, and we probably wouldn't have to. I'm not sure it would be a trade or if it would be if they may even cut him, we may be able to get him without having to give him a draft pick. That's a good question. I haven't seen what's happening. I know they got they traded um, uh, Creighton yesterday to the Chargers. So now I don't know if that means Hurd's got a spot or not. 3K, have you heard anything on that? I haven't heard anything today, but, you know, being from Dallas, I've seen a lot of Sam Hurd. He's an interesting guy. And the thing was, he and Creighton were set up for the spot that Miles Austin was able to take over last year. And so that, that concerns me a bit that Hurd's had his look and hasn't been able to capitalize. That being said, you know, it's obvious that the Rams are looking to build a, you know, a combination of wide receivers, almost like the Saints did, where you don't necessarily have, need to have people who really stand out, but guys who can contribute in different ways. I just worry, you know, is Sam Hurd able to contribute at this point? And if not, what's the point in bringing him on? But he's certainly an interesting guy, yeah. Well, and it's looking All like right. he uh, might be available. They, uh, they, they offered, they asked him to take a pay cut, and he refused. So I think he's just added to the possibility he gets cut. I guess we'll know at 5 o'clock their time uh, whether he got cut or not. not anyway, keep we'll an eye on it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening today. Exactly. Hey, thanks for letting me listen in. I don't have anybody to talk to at the, uh, about the Rams up in the Peoria area. We're about two and a half hours away here. <laughs> and, uh, man, it's I, nothing but bears. Nothing but bears right here. So. I feel your pain. I'm in Missouri, and it's all Chiefs, so... <laughs> All right, thanks for um, uh, talking uh, Hey, no problem. 3K, let's bring on another caller here. Caller. Hello. Oh. Who, who are we talking to here? Who, who is this? Hello. 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 How you doing, guys? What's going on? Who we got? Who we got here? This is John from Jersey. Another Jersey guy. All right. What, what, what's on your mind today, buddy? I mean, the whole Vincent Jackson thing. I don't know if I'm down for it because think about it. He suspended what the first three or four games of the year. Yeah, that's true. Know? That's true. I mean, three games for sure. Now, if he doesn't sign his tender today, he'll be suspended for another three games. There's another three games. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. six games we could possibly be without him, and then giving up what we have to give up in order to get him. I mean, I don't think it'll be worth it. I really don't. Uh, that's I don't a think tough sell. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's a really good point. Now. I suspect if there's all this trade talk today, they're probably, you know, if they're going to trade him, he'll probably sign his tender, which would only make it about only make it a three-game suspension. But, you know, does that – three games is a lot of games in a 16-game season. Right, right. And I think the defense is a really improved. Like, I didn't think it was that bad last year. It's just I thought they were on the field for way too long. You know, 40 out of 60 minutes is a very long time. So we oh, yeah. hear much better team than people are giving us credit for because the defense really – we have a solid offense now that's going to eat up time. In the preseason, they've done nothing but eat up time. And the defense isn't on the field that long. And they're hyped for Sam Bradford. They really are. I've seen, I've seen it from what they, how they were playing. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 3K, you still there? Wow, we got all these technical issues today. Um, yeah, technology is crazy. Yeah, I know, it's horrible. <laughs> it's kicking our ass today, but that's all right. Um, you know, that's a good point, though, on the Vince Jackson. With the six games, I mean, three games out, it's a lot of games, and, I, you know, I, I'm kind of – there's part of me that you'd, you'd love to see, and obviously you'd love to bring in a guy of that caliber, but at the same time, it's it's the, you know, that's a lot of draft picks. That's a lot right. of draft picks, and, you know, you think of what the Rams could do. You think of the guys they brought in in the second and third rounds over the last two drafts. I mean, you've right. got, uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to imagine, you know, what you could be giving up with, with those two picks for one for one guy, you know what I mean? So... Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Hey, I got another caller, man. Thanks for calling in. We're going to bring him on. No problem. No problem. Take it easy, guys. Thank you. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. Let's see if we can bring this other caller on, 3K. Technology's not been our I'm friend tonight. It. So we're, going to tr- we're killing the calls. This is impressive. Call site meter. I can't believe we, we, we've got right a ton right. of calls. Caller. Hello. What's up? What's the word? Hello. Sorry about that. Well played. Um, well, I guess we're not going to be taking a caller, so uh, <laughs> 3K, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? No, I was just thinking, you know, while we're talking about wide receivers, I think part of the problem is that in going after, going after Donnie Avery, you know, what essentially happened is we missed out on the chance to get the receiver that now we're hunting for, whether it's Denario Alexander, LeBron Robinson, Vincent Jackson, or even Brandon Gibson. We're hoping that these guys turn into somebody that we had a shot at. And I think to me it just reinforces the need to hit your top two draft picks. You got to do it because it affects so much more than just one position. Now, now we're talking about all the capital and all the time we spent on looking at wide receivers. You know, Keenan Burton we haven't even mentioned. Brooks Foster, a fourth round running pick. We're constantly taking flyers on these guys simply because we missed the one big chance we had. And I just wonder, yeah. you know, what we could have done if we had hit that pick. We would have been saying. A much stronger position because it's just another one you can check off, the same way we did with running back. I mean, you look at how little effort we've had to put into the running game simply because you can lean on a guy like Steven Jackson. And the opposite of that being the, the passing game, which was absolutely, you know, disgusting last year, simply because we just didn't have the options and we didn't have a guy, a quarterback like Bulger, and being the quarterback he was last year, could lean on. Um, it's one of those things that just reinforces the need to draft well, but it's it's hurting to think about, you know. I wish we could get on to other things, but it seems like that's all we got today. It seems like everybody's really worried about what kind of options we got for Sam moving forward. Well, you know, here, here's the thing, though. With a guy like Sam Bradford, is one thing that, I, I mean, I hate to put too much stock in what you saw in the preseason games, but, you know, he's the kind of quarterback that looks like he can make, he can elevate the play of the players around him. I mean, he makes a guy that's, you know, maybe a French player, a fourth wide receiver on some teams, turns him into, you know, with that with that kind of accuracy, uh, a much better player than they might normally otherwise be. Um, you think so? I, I mean, to a degree, yes. Yeah. Certainly, he'll elevate the, the passing offense. But I don't want to. I don't want anybody to put too much stock into what that means. You're still going to have to have a number one guy. Peyton's got to have a Marvin Harrison, a Reggie Wayne. Drew Brees has to have a Marcus Colston, you know. Uh, yeah. Eli Manning obviously needed Plaxico. When you talk about these great quarterbacks, 
or you've got to have somebody that you can lean on in the big situations. Otherwise, you're you're asking the quarterback to make too much. You know, you you've got to have a wide receiver that can really create plays for a, for the quarterback to to make it that much easier on him. So that when he goes to the other people, he's got more room and more time and a bigger window. You know, despite Bradford's accuracy. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Um, 3K, you're not going to believe this, but we have another caller. You know what? Let me put Shall my we bring, back on. Let's this bring is, them this on. This is absolutely ridiculous. All right. I, I, wait, I have a feeling this might be VT. Hello, caller. Hello? Hello. Who is this? Hello. This is Ram Chop. Ram Chop, what's going on? You know, I've been waiting well, for this day for years. Welcome, Chop. <laughs> Let's do it. Thank you. I just uh, I just happened to be flipping along here while I was at work, and I saw that your show was going on. And uh, I'd just like to say, you know, I've been I've been pretty impressed lately, and that's uh, that's hard to do. Um, I think mostly what I like is I, I see we've cut loose a bunch of dead wood that has been dragging this team down morale wise for a long time, and uh, looks like we've got looks like we've got some pretty good players. Uh, a core, at least. I always, uh, on my post, I usually say we have about 20% good players and the rest UFL quality, but I'm, I'm about to up that to about 25 to 30% after preseason. <laughs> that, that is a hell of an endorsement, Ram Chop. It is good to hear you say that. <laughs> um, you know, and you look at some of the guys. It's interesting, some of the guys they've released today. Um, I just got, they got rid of uh, Victor Adianju today. Um, Marquise Johnson was going to happen for months. Yeah, now here's a guy I think is, is is a candidate for the practice squad, and I liked what he's raw, but I like what we saw out of him in the preseason. His cornerback Marquise Johnson out of Alabama. Uh-huh. Um, Brandon McRae, Brandon McRae got cut. Not a huge surprise there. Offensive tackle Ryan McKee, and here's one, Bobby Carpenter. They cut Carpenter? I did not see that. Bobby Carpenter is cut. Now there's another that's. I guess you could kind of say, well, that's what happened with, you know, you basically cut Alex Barron with that move. But that's a little bit of a shocker. I figured he was kind of a depth guy. It, it sure is. I thought I thought Carpenter, I had not heard that. I'm Like I said, I'm I'm at work right now. I, I hadn't heard that, but I'm disappointed in that, although I think, uh, I think Carpenter did his job by helping us get rid of Barron because Barron was a jinx to the whole team. So... Yeah, absolutely. And of absolutely. course, and of course, I saw where Keith Null was gone. I knew that was coming. He he's disappointed ever since he started wearing the horns. So I'm really surprised about Carpenter, though. I had I had hopes that he might be able to help JL and the crew out. Hey, Chop, let me yeah. this okay, man. Let me jump in and ask you a quick question. You know, we've been talking about wide receivers. We've thrown out names. Hoosman thought of Vincent Jackson. We got a great call about Sam Hurd. What do, you, what do you think about this wide receiving group? Do you think it's good enough for Bradford for his rookie year, or do you think we need to bring in somebody uh, well, now well, that can help out, especially now that Avery's gone? He'll make them look. He'll make the 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 lower quality players look good. But we, I would go after, um, I would go after Jackson. Heck, I'd even give, I'd even consider Hoosh. Uh, He's got to have somebody, and you know, I was never a big T.O. fan, but you know, now it's now it's looking like he would have been he would have been the ticket. So, yeah, we we've got to have somebody else. Good point. Good point. Hey, Ramshop, thanks for calling in, bud. We got another call. I'm going to bring yeah. him on.
It's good to hear your voice, my man. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Good stuff. All right. We're making history today. This is getting stupid. How many many damn callers have we had today? This is amazing. I can't believe it, 3K. This is wild. Good stuff, Chop. Great call. Thanks, brother. Remember when we started doing this? You had to, we had to fight for these guys to get. We had to fight for people to call on. I used to do and, voices. And I used to, to act like we had callers, and I do fake voices. Hi, this is James from Springfield. Three uh, K, you're the you're the greatest. Just wanted to say that bye. <laughs> You've come a long way. That's right. It was really hard with the timing of that too, because you know you have to press these buttons on the switchboard. Let's see if I can get this other caller on here. Three K. Caller. Hello. 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 3K, we've lost another one, I'm afraid to say. It's all right, though. Ball um, good. And no, we were talking about, you know, the fact that we don't have the full time. We used to kill. You remember how much time on Tertial Radio we used to kill with the absolute nonsense that was? Remember, we had forehead tattoos. We had the Christmas music. There's a lot of references in Tertial Radio history. You know, it's going to be hard to make this year with all these people listening. I think it's great that we got everybody so involved. I do. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, man. It's uh, it's very encouraging. Very, very, very encouraging. Um, since we don't have a caller, let's go. Uh, let's let's switch. We've talked a lot about you know with the wide receiver situation, obviously, in Bradford, naturally, and Jackson, of course. Let's talk a little bit about uh. Let's talk a little bit about um, the defense. We haven't heard much about the D tonight. Um, I, you know, the defense I think is a unit that's looked is, has looked pretty good through the preseason. Here's I'm still wor- here's my biggest concern with that unit: um, the lack of a pass rush on the other side of Chris Long. Now, you know, we had some guys that that played well, uh, you know, with the second team and against some second teamers. Um, but you know, you, you still you look on that at that other defensive end position, and it, and it seems like there's kind of a glaring hole right there. I mean, you think that's an accurate impression, or? Well, I think it's the big, I would argue it's the biggest hole we got on the team, um, and, and part of part of the reason why is what I was speaking about earlier is how how deeply and how profoundly the lack of a pass rush or the opposite, a, a real pass rush, can affect in a, a defense. But I think what you're seeing is the fact that we spent so much effort into building other parts of the defense, whether it's the linebackers and guys like, you know, Babora, who's now on the fringe. But he was a key player before. Now he's possibly going to get cut. you got James Boronitis, a phenomenal linebacker, little linebacker. There. He's a great graphic of stuff. You know, role players, Niall Diggs. Um, you know, we got the linebacking core is looking solid now. Ohio State guys are not the cornerbacks that we put time in. Ron Bartell, Jerome Murphy, Marquise Johnson now, a quality cornerback out of Alabama, and he's not going to sit here. Uh, and, and, of course, Bradley Fletcher, Bradley Fletcher, Bradley, you know, somebody that, we, that was really showing great strides last year. And, of course, back at the safety position, you got a Cogway, a Butler, a great experienced veteran from New York, Craig Bull, Kevin Payne, best wishes, Kevin, get better, man. We need you, brother. We love you. You know, you're talking about a lot of positions that we've invested a lot of stock in. We just haven't done that on the defensive line. You look at, you know, the fact that we've got, what, Clifton Ryan, Darrell Scott, and Chris Long are the big defensive linemen that we've drafted. We just haven't put that much stock into drafting defensive linemen. That's got to change next year. That's got to change if we're going to really, really commit ourselves to challenging for the division starting next year. 
Yeah, and, and you know, that's a position, too, where we've lost. I mean, you know, we lost Adam Carricker, who, you know, should be a guy that's in the fold right now. But, you know, he's not. He's gone. He's out of here. He's done. Um, it's, you know, that's the stuff that the, this team still has to get over. And, it, and it's you watch the preseason games, and it's it's encouraging. You know, the results are there. But, you know, in the end, it's still a team that's had, you know, that spent the middle part of this decade drafting, wasting draft picks. And, and and you're still paying that price. You know, misdrafting a guy like Ryan Pickett, then you missed on character. By misdrafting, I mean MIS drafting. Pickett just wasn't suited for the four three when he tried to run. Claude Rotten, a guy whose behavioral problems obviously pushed him out of the NFL. You missed a, on a lot of a lot of draft capital that would have really helped us in these last couple of years that we just got absolutely nothing. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know we've got a <laughs> now Claude Roten. I will say he has been reinstated by the league, so there you go. Any any teams out there looking for a defensive lineman? Bengals, Cowboys, Raiders. You know you know who's going after that. Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Three K. What what other subjects do we got? Are we mandated to cover this evening? What's left? We got college football. We can hit that at the back end. We still got a little bit of time still before to go to that. I don't know. Hey, you let's, know. Talk little, let's talk cornerbacks. This is an area I, I wonder a little bit about. You know, we mentioned Kevin Payne. The Rams have, you know, that basically leaves the Rams with three safeties. Um, you know, that's a little bit of a concern. Now, the, the three safeties they do have are pretty, you know, they're pretty solid guys to have on the team. But, you know, you, you kind of wonder, is this uh I mean, I mean, do they have the guys to do it? You know, Bartell and Fletcher and Dockery, kind of the top three. I mean, is that enough? Not enough? I mean, what do you what do you think here? You know, I think it's a good starting point. Um, if I go back to the pass rush, but them in and of themselves, you know, I, I think they're capable. I, I want to see what they do, especially against the NFC West. NFC West, you know, isn't bereft of talented wide receivers. At 49ers, obviously, you got Crabtree leading the way. Seattle, you, whether or not Hushman's out of place, you still got Golden Tate, an interesting young player, and, and Pete Carroll, who knows how to coach passing games. Uh, and then with Arizona, of course, you got Fitzgerald. And even without Bolden, you got Steve Breston. There's plenty of talent over there, regardless of who's slinging the ball, you know. I, I think this is a situation that more than the wide receivers that I really think can grow into a really talented group if we keep them all together. And that's, you know, we haven't even seen Bradley Fletcher really mature into himself. He was one of the few, along with Laura Knight, one of the few high draft picks we saw that was like, okay, this is working out. You know, Bradley Fletcher was really putting it together with an injury. He comes back and he can jump back on that same belt or that same timeline. There's a good chance that this secondary really, really takes the cake in terms of looking at the draft and what does the front office do. Hey, 3K, can you say that again? You're cutting out a little bit on me. I knew it. I knew. I knew the phone was going to kill me. I was just saying, you know, I, I think this this group has a chance to be special, uh, and it's not because of individual talent; it's because of what they've shown so far. But the NFC West, it's not easy to stand out. So, uh, you know, got to keep an eye on this Bradley Fletcher. I think he may be the way the team goes. He can develop into a solid corner. The secondary may go. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it'll be interesting to see how Otagway fares this season. He, you know, he's looked a lot better or looked, you know, solid in coverage this through the preseason, I think. But, you know, once they really need – this is a guy they really need to kind of come back and start a, 
and you know get those ints again and you know start you know picking off the passes winning stealing a few games if they're going to really if they're going to seriously compete you know that's something they need to, they need to happen um, sure and it's always almost like a guy like Darren Sharper for New Orleans you know he'll let two passes go and you'll be like gosh you know, this guy really can't cover, and then all of a sudden he takes INT to the house or he forces a fumble, you know, the way Atagway loves to stick his helmet in there. Atagway's a guy who you need to create turnovers, and the longer and longer you allow a defense to wear you down, the harder it is to come up with that big play. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's uh, We can't start the season out the way we did against Seattle. Yeah, let's talk. Let's jump into that. I mean, you know, I've, we've 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 done the um, 3K. We I just was looking on the comments thread here for for our TSR, and and the the listeners are having a hard time hearing you. I believe it, man. I'm struggling. And if you can still hear me, it'll be available, and I can. I'll speak up. I can speak louder. <laughs> Throw your voice. Um, you know, let's talk about this season opener next weekend. We got we're taking on Arizona. We talked a little bit about that. Um, you know, how does this team stack? How do you, what, this team seems to stack up um, a little better against the the division than they did last year. I mean, I think you know you look at Seattle and there's kind of some weaknesses on both sides of the ball. But boy, that Earl Thomas looks amazing. I will have to say. Um, you know, that's a. It's a. It, it could be a pretty competitive division. I think. I still think San Francisco, as much as it pains me to say it, probably is the odds-on favorite to win the division just because of that defense. You know, that's a. It's a tough physical defense. I mean, you got a guy like Patrick Willis. You've always got a pretty good defense as long as you got a guy like that back there. Um, you know, that's a thoughts on who might. Who's a good pick for the division? You know, honestly, yeah, I, I'm with you. The Niners are the easy favorite, but my dark horse candidate is the Rams. Call it, you know, preseason optimism, homerism, whatever you want to call it. Out of all the teams with the biggest questions, the Rams have probably answered the most of them, starting with the quarterback and then on the running back. The Rams have got the questions answered. The Niners just have a lot more position specs and obviously a lot more depth. So if I'm going to pick a team right now, it's the Niners. But I would say watch out for the Rams, man. If the things fall our way, I, I think we could surprise a lot of people, especially with the schedule the way it is early. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really favorable schedule. It's, and it's interesting, too, that we play so many other teams that have kind of are in similar positions to where the Rams have been. You know, you got Detroit on the schedule. you got Tampa Bay on the schedule. you got Oakland on the schedule. Um, you know, those are all rebuilding franchises in and of themselves. That'll be a That'll be a good matchup. For the Rams, um, you know, I, I think the injury thing—if if the Rams can stay healthy—that's the key to a successful season, as always. But you know, if they can stay healthy, you know, if, if there's a couple positions where if they if they lose some players, there's you know the you know offensive line you worry about if they lose anybody. Wide receiver, obviously, if they lose anybody else after Avery, um, you know, running back without Stephen Jackson, but. Uh, those are the three spot and defensive line to an extent, you know, especially with a guy like Chris Long, you know, you obviously don't want to lose any of your starters, but you know, those are certainly the hardest ones to replace. And and that would be that would be the, the that could be the toughest hurdle. Now I I, I wanna see I guess I wanna see the Rams come out against Arizona. I'd like to see Bradford. Bradford doesn't look like a guy that gets jittery or butterflies in his stomach, but you know, this is the whole oh, 
your first NFL regular season game is a lot different from your first NFL preseason game. So that's going to be, you know, they're going to have to come out and establish that, you know, they can execute as well against the Cardinals that they did against the, the Patriots and the and the Ravens last week. But uh, you know, a strong start. Yeah, and a strong start. Uh, you know, a strong start, and it, it, that could really it, the Rams come out and get a strong start against the Cardinals. That could change the whole tone of the whole season. I mean, that's a you know that's one thing you got to really like about this. And I'm glad they're kind of playing the Cardinals of the post Warner era than the non Warner era. So <laughs> that's a that's a good way to start. Or you know the Saints or any or the Vikings or anything that's really really stacked, and you're really trying to prove something to the team, just like everybody else in this league. Momentum is almost. Like, you, know, you start putting these games together and things snowball. A team like Houston, the Texans, who every preseason people can look at and say, "Look, this team has a lot of talent, they have a lot of quality, but they never get that momentum started, especially within the division, to really put a good season together." It, it may be the most important facet of the Rams, given the schedule that we have to come out and really get things done early on, whether it's, you know, the media hype for Bradford, like you said, you know, national exposure and tickets, mm-hmm. whether it's for Spike Rolo and Shermer and Flayhole. Obviously, Shermer's a guy we didn't get to this episode. Maybe that was a good thing. But to make sure that they, what? you know, maintain their coaching composure and, and really implement and have the, have the discipline to implement the kind of teams they want and see them through. Or whether it's for guys like Steven Jackson and, and Chris Long and guys that have proven that they have the, the capability of doing things to, to put them in a position to lead guys, especially to lead the young players that we have and the young talent on this team to take it. Absolutely. And, and 3K, I just noticed we've, we've, the Rams made their last round of cuts. Um, a couple surprising names on there. Ogbenaya, gone. Wow. Now, I think he's probably a guy that could end up on the practice squad. He still has eligibility for that. Another guy that could end up on the practice squad that was cut tonight, Denario Alexander. But, you know, that's not that's not a huge surprise. He hasn't been healthy, and he hasn't had a lot of games with the team to get up to speed to really justify keeping his roster spot. So, And that's the thing. I know we Dominique got a lot Curry. Yeah, I could yeah, a lot of them. When you see Alexander not get drafted, it suggests the medical history was a big, big problem. And the fact that he didn't make it onto the Rams squad, despite being signed late, doesn't surprise me. Equally with Curry. Curry's an interesting guy. He needs time. He needs a lot of development. And he needs a lot of coaching. Well, now, Curry made the cut. So far, so good. Now, I, you know, I, I, I say that because I think what's going to happen is you'll see the Rams, like a lot of NFL teams, you're going to see the Rams probably make a few more moves. They've got their 53-man roster set now, um, but you know they're probably going to they're probably going to come out and pick up a snatch a guy here and there. So you know Curry's spot isn't secure by any means. But uh, right now they kept four tight ends. Daniel Fells made the cut. That's kind of a surprise. I thought Fells was probably ticketed for 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 somewhere else. Um, that's you know four tight ends. I, I, that seems like a lot, but it's not too bad, I guess. And they got. Uh, uh, and that's really the only surprises out there, I, I guess, from the cuts to me. I mean, I you know. So Keith Tostin made it over Chris Obanaya. Interesting, man. But, it's interesting. If he, it may be, you know, Tostin's a style. He's got a little bit heavier style. I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, and there's you know there's a couple guys that um, couple guys out there to keep your eyes on, especially at that running back position that you know you could see them land with the Rams at some point or another. Um, it's an interesting interesting last round of cuts. We'll see what happens, but um, let me let's just let's go ahead and move on to college football 3K. How about it? You know, it's been about eight months. I've been waiting for you to say those words, man. You just made me laugh. <laughs> um, Denario Alexander, MU. MU pulled it out today. It wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't something Gary Pinkle's probably going to talk about a lot. But, you know, I'll have to say this is the game I watched this afternoon. They came out pretty strong in the second half, the defense especially. I, I, I'll have to give MU credit for that. Um, other games today and, and this weekend, catching your eye, 3K, players, teams. There's tons of them. I'm upstairs in my place right now. I don't have all my watches. The watch list that I keep for myself is about twice as long as the one I put in that Excel spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> there's just one that, uh, Clemson, North Texas. North Texas, dude. Man, I'm talking about tons of prospects out of North Texas. Uh, by the way, man, just a note for you, SB Nation now has a Wyoming community in Michigan, and they need to stop by. Um, oh, duly noted. Duly noted. Yeah. The LSU-Carolina game is interesting. I know there's a lot of guys sitting out, but seeing who steps up for Carolina and then how the LSU prospects play against them, especially one of my favorite players in college football this year, Patrick Peterson, a great cornerback. I know we talked about, you know, how comfortable we are with the secondary and the idea that we're going to move ahead with these cornerbacks, but Patrick Peterson is just amazing. Um, you know, if we're looking at defensive guys, you know, Adrian Claiborne for Iowa, who I mocked for the Rams, defensive end out of Iowa, he got a season start today. Didn't look spectacular, but looked good. Robert Quinn, defensive end out of North Carolina, he's not going to go. There's a lot of guys that we're going to miss the first weekend, so it's a little bit early. What, what are you looking at, I mean, in terms of positions or players, or what are you thinking about here? You know, I, I'll have to admit, we've been so busy at Turf Show Times this last few weeks, I haven't I haven't had a lot of time to catch up to do my college football crash course. Um, you know what, I, I'm really kind of watching the SEC. I, I got a buddy who's a big Arkansas fan, so, I, you know, I don't get to see many Wyoming games, so – so I kind of throw in with Arkansas sometimes. That looks good. Iowa, you mentioned that. That's an interesting team, I think, because they're a top ten team. I mean, that's – you know, a lot of good players have come out of Iowa. You look at Fletcher Bradley, Bradley, Bradley Fletcher, Amari Spivey. Um, you know, Brian Bolliger. Brian Bolliger. That's, that's a pretty good program lately. They got something – they're doing something right up there. And, and yeah. you kind of want to make some sense for – um, you know, no wonder some of those teams are wanting to move over to the Big Ten. So, from the from the Big Twelve to the Big Ten, that's a that's a hell of a competition up there. So, uh, it's it's, it's an exciting exciting time of year. It's Christmas in September. It is, it is, and you know, saying that, I think we're about to hit the hour mark, man. I think we did it. We did it, three K. We 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 we. Rolled on through technology issues and everything, but we did it. We made it. Another turf show. Another season of turf show radio is off the ground. Um, we're going to be back next week. Um, hopefully, our callers won't get uh, won't get disconnected from the fine folks at Blog Talk Radio. I think there's a British woman behind it. Say what? I want to apologize for my technical difficulties. We're going to get them cleared up over here at the 3K house, at the K household. Uh, there's nowhere to go but up, man. It's going to be a great season just for the Rams, but for Turtle Times and Turtle Radio. 
<laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we got a, we got a full eventful week coming up for you on uh, on on the site, and we got a little surprise coming out for you. The Turf Show Annual coming out this week, hitting finer downloads near you. Um, who knows what could be in that little book, right, 3K? I don't even know. I don't even know what's going to get in there. I think it's mostly about the guests. <laughs> Let me tell you what. It's been one hell of an effort to do that thing, and I think next year we'll be even more squared away with it. No problem. But uh, it's, we've got a big week on the site. We're getting ready for week one. A uh, week from tomorrow, we got we got the afternoon game. It's going to be a 3:15 Central Time kickoff at the Dome against the Arizona Cardinals, led by um, Derek Anderson. It should it should be and, uh, an exciting exciting affair for the Rams. I'm looking forward to it. I want to see a strong start to the season. Hopefully, not what we saw last year. I got to admit, anytime you, you watch the Rams the last four years, it's a it's always a little nerve-wracking to start the season. It has been, but, but uh, I think we're getting close to the point where uh, we get the payoff for all our efforts. We get to see, you know, all the time and effort we've put in supporting this team. I think it's coming back to us now. Absolutely. It's a new game. You know, one thing we didn't talk a lot about tonight was Sam, Stan Kroenke. You know, we got a new owner, and I think that new ownership, new directions, that's a big deal. That's a big deal for this team, and it's a guy that's committed to winning. It's a guy that's not going to turn – that's going to turn over the management of his of this football team to very very capable subordinates, and uh, you know that's that's you can't even we we've talked about what a difference it's been from Zygmunt to Devaney, and I think that uh, you know from from the Rosenblums, which is you know they've done a good, great job for this franchise over the years, but I, I think it's it's going to be a big deal to have a new owner on board too. It's a it's a new day, it's a new day in, for the St. Louis Rams. Good stuff, man. Any, any parting shots, 3K? No, I just want to say thank you to all the callers. You know, I love having these callers. Uh, everybody have a great Labor Day weekend, safe one. And, you know, keep tuned to Turtle Times. It's special. It's a special time, man. It is a special time, 3K. I, I, I trust you're going to go have a glass of sweet Kentucky bourbon as soon as we're done here. Going to? Man, you're too late, my friend. I'm too down. I'm, I'm about to hit That's, my triple plate. I should have known better. I should have known better. Oh, um, beautiful, oh, spacious guys. Come on, brother. 3K, I should, I should point out that you did say that you got back from Iraq. Your priorities were family, football, bourbon. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man with simple tastes. That's all it takes, 3K. It's been good, man. It's good to talk to you again. It's good to have Turf Show Radio back on the air. Welcome back to the good old USA. We're glad to have you back in time for a winning Rams season. Now, hopefully, the Rams are going to play. They're going to play well. So, if the Rams come out and look like they did last year, or the year before, you're going to be like, man, send me back over there. I can't stand this crap. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. No. All right, 3K. Hey, as always, man. You know the two words. Go Rams. Go Rams. All right. Peace out, everybody. See you later. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, a bit pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Aloha, I'm Clifford from Yamano and Safeway. Can't decide what to eat? Whether it's lunch or dinner, you'll find a perfect meal in the Safeway Deli. Handcrafted sandwiches, fresh sushi prepared by our in-house chefs, signature salads, our famous fried chicken and tenders. Add a side like creamy mashed potatoes or mac and cheese. All fresh and ready to go every day. Stop by this week to get a hot deal on rotisserie chicken, only $5.88 each with in-hand coupon. This is Clifford from Manoa Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? <laughs> and why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.